It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. <laughs> You are listening to the Stokey on Podcast on FanRagSports.com. I am your host, Tommy Stokey. We are going to get to John Heyman in a little bit. Um, but we're going to talk a lot about the winter meetings. We're going to talk some about the CBA, um, have him try to dummy down what all of it means. I certainly am not smart enough to understand all of it, so hopefully, uh, hopefully he is and he can explain that for us. Um, but we're on recording on Friday, December 2nd. The winter meeting starts uh, Monday. Uh, people start getting there on Sunday. So things are going to start to heat up here. I'll be there. Uh, John Parada will be there for FanRag Sports. John Heyman, of course. Uh, Robert Murray will be there. So we will have you covered with, hopefully, everything that you need. This year in Washington, D.C. last year was my first experience in Nashville. I felt like an ant in a giant maze because of the size of the hotel that it was in. I think that was one of the common stories that people there tell is how often that they got lost trying to figure out where the hell they were trying to go. Um, Kind of borderline concerned about how my diet's going to go because I've been trying to eat better, but now living in a hotel for a couple days on the East Coast – I just don't have a lot of confidence in myself to keep this up. Even though here in the office, I just turned down an offer to go get cheeseburger. So maybe I am making some positive strides. But I'm looking forward to seeing, obviously, what happens with Chris Sale. I think that's going to be the big story. I do think that he ends up being moved. John Heyman has a list of teams that are either in or interested or have the the pieces to go get him, And, you know, I certainly think the Astros have the pieces to get him. Um, I think they have, they certainly have the need. They have the window. They maybe make the most sense. Whether or not they do that is a whole other story. The Braves, I don't see how that works. I know that I've said before on here that I just, from what I've heard, the White Sox would prefer players on offense. The Braves don't really have that unless they're going to trade a Dansby Swanson, which I don't think that they will. Uh, I don't think that there's such thing as an untouchable for the Braves, but I don't I don't think that they'll move him in that deal. Otherwise, they've got a bunch of pitchers that are a couple years away, and I just don't think that that matches quite up. So ultimately, I think the Braves fall out. I think Houston makes a ton of sense. Whether or not that happens, we'll see. Another team that makes a ton of sense for just about anything that they want is the Boston Red Sox. They have money to spend. They have prospects at every different level to give up. They have a GM that is aggressive in Dave Dombrowski. So what do they what do? They, do? they can stand pat and be very good next year and be very good for a lot of years with their young players. They can move those young players and be really good next year. Um, so they're going to be an interesting team to watch because they can do just about anything that they want. Um, it just depends what they want another team that I'm looking forward to see what they do is is the Cubs 
they say that they're going to be quiet and it's not they're not going to have all, all these big signings but they're more proactive than reactive and if you look after this year what does their starting pitching look like it's John Lester and Kyle Hendricks uh, Jake Arrieta is going to be a free agent I don't know that they bring him back uh, John Lackey a free agent um, then you have that fifth spot maybe it's Mike Montgomery maybe it's not I don't see how they sit out this trade market where there are young controllable pitchers out there and they have pieces to go get or to, to send to get those guys I, I don't see it I don't think that they sit completely out I think that they make some kind of big move I guess big is a, a relative term I think they move, make a move for a young cost controlled pitcher I just I don't see how they sit this one out and wait until last minute if you will to, to go get that pitching help or down the road. So that's some of the stuff I'm watching. I think that the Detroit Tigers will be an interesting story. What do they do? They've got some game changers that they can potentially move in J.D. Martinez. Uh, Victor Martinez, Miguel Cabrera is a long shot, but a possibility. Justin Verlander, a possibility. And even if Detroit stands pat, I think that they can win. So they have an interesting path here this offseason to see what direction they're going to go. The Dodgers and Giants. How much are they going to compete with each other? Whether it's for a Justin Turner or Kenley Jansen, they both obviously climbing the or trying to stay on top of the NL West. How aggressive, how much bidding against each other are they going to do? I think those are two teams that will be fun to watch. And then you have your surprises. Uh, you know, the, the D-backs last year were a big surprise. What are they going to do this year? They have a new GM in Mike Hazen. Does he like the direction that they're headed? Are there really some pieces there that they want to build around? I think you can make that case. I think you can make the case that they have pieces that they should sell high on and trade now and, and restart things. I think they can go either way, and nobody really knows uh, which way they want to go, so they're a bit of a wild card. The Philadelphia Phillies, I think, are a sleeping giant, whether they make a move this offseason or they're still a year away. They have no money tied up anywhere. They have a ton of money to spend. They're going to be, for me, an interesting case, case to watch as well. Um, the Braves are unpredictable in what they're going to do. They have pieces that if they want to keep this speeding up or accelerating their clock, they can do it if they want. The Yankees have been in on big names. Um, they've got young guys as well, but do they want to sit back and wait until 2019 when the big free agency class hits? The Nationals are usually active. They're going to be fun to watch. So St. Louis Cardinals, what are they going to do? Will they go out, sign Dexter Fowler? What are they going to do to keep up with the Cubs? I mean, there are a ton of storylines. There are going to be a ton of things that come out that aren't true. There are going to be some that come out that are true. There are going to be a lot of winners and losers out of this. So it'll be fun to, it'll be fun to watch. It'll be fun to be there. Um, again, keep it keep – it, um, at FanRag Sports because we will have plenty of coverage there for you throughout this. And so I'm just excited to see kind of how it all unfolds. So with that, I want to bring in, before we get to John, a little bit of a different perspective here out in the office in Phoenix. And I want to bring AK into this and see, as a fan, what his perspective is like of the coming winter meeting. So AK, when you look at the winter meetings from afar and baseball offseason kind of in general, I guess, what do you picture? 
well, me being a college football guy, a lot of my friends are baseball fans, so we like to hype each other up during the offseason, especially during, you know, the months like this, and they get excited about it, and they text me, you know, because they're cognizant that we're going to be there, and they say, hey, you know, you excited for the winter meetings, and of course, I'm like, yes, guys, cannot wait. The winter meetings are going to be ecstatic this year. I mean, there's going to be so much going on, and at the same time, I have no idea what goes on at the winter meetings. I picture the winter meetings as, like, you guys in this 5,000-square-foot hotel. Like, not even a hotel, like a motel. And everybody, nobody sleeps. Everybody just kind of walks around. Like, you know a video game, like, when you're done beating the level, you just kind of, like, walk around and talk to people? Like, that's what I think it is. And I'm hell-bent on this notion that it's like, you know, you have different media outlets there, so it's like Ken Rosenthal and the guys, and then Heyman and the fan raggers, and everybody's just kind of on the scavenger hunt, and you, like, get these clues... And you kind of go down the checklist, and once you finish all your clues, you get to, like, this riddle, like this pharaoh, and he reads you off this riddle, and then you find out that, like, Miguel Cabrera is going to the Cardinal, and then whoever's the first to tweet it out wins. So it's kind of it's kind of like a scavenger hunt. In my, <laughs> in I mean, my, in my, <laughs> am I wrong? <laughs> I mean, maybe I'm not the best person to, to answer that, but kind of. I mean, that kind of sounds like a survivor, like immunity challenge it, kind of a thing. It sounds like a legitimate game of Clue, where somebody <laughs> dies at the end, but in the middle you just have like tweeting and like there's trades being broken. I mean, nobody sleeps. It's uh, I, sl- I slept last year. It's a 128 hour full straight coffee uh, IVs of coffee, and everybody just kind of walks around, and then you just like see GMs and stuff and kind of wave at them. But other than that, it's pretty much life or death, some Twitter, you know, maybe some coffee, <laughs> and then you just break stuff. It's kind of awesome. Yeah, I don't know that that's exactly how it works. I hope, hopefully it's that easy where it's just coffee, Twitter, and then you just break stuff. <laughs> well, okay. Can we go back to the fact that you said you couldn't keep your diet because you were, quote-unquote, on the East Coast, as if being in a different time zone was going to affect your metabolism slash desire to eat junk food? Is that a thing? Well, I think anytime you're not at home or in your comfort zone or living in a hotel, I think that affects anybody's mentality. It's just easier to say, okay, I'll go have this cheeseburger and fries at this hotel restaurant instead of getting the grilled chicken avocado sandwich. Are you going to tell everybody on the East Coast how good Chicago pizza is? It really just ruffle some feathers? Source. I feel I feel like most of them probably know. I feel like Chicago is one of those places that a lot of baseball people have been to, especially with the World Series. Um, yeah, I don't I don't know that that's going to be a secret. <laughs> Believe me, I've I've lost friends over the fact that they think New York pizza is better than Chicago pizza. I'll take it to the grave with me. Chi Town pizza over New York pizza seven days out of the week, six times on Sunday. Four times on opening day. So what do you want to see happen? What kind of crazy stuff do you want to see happen at the winter meetings this year? Well, I'd like to see Sale go to the Dodger for Bellinger, DeLeon, and Calhoun because I think that would just be mayhem. But I think either way you look at it, I mean, that's that's just me. I like to, I like to think that I know what's going on with the prospects when in all reality I just kind of like to look at the MLB Top 100 and then just pick guys randomly. Um, so that's, my, that's, my, that's kind of my perspective. Um, but... I'd like to see Chris Sale honestly go to a big market team like that, uh, L.A. or Boston. 
um, just because of the return that can come with it. Obviously, you know, growing up in Chicago and kind of having those Chicago White Sox ties and, you know, still rooting for them. I, I didn't jump off the bandwagon and start rooting for the Cubs of the World Series. Um, so um, I think wherever you look at sale going, the return is going to be huge. And, you know, talking about a, an organization that needs to stock up the farm system, that's pretty, pretty badly needed for the White Sox. What are your favorite kinds of rumors that come out during times like this? Favorite kinds of rumors? Um, well, I guess one thing is I'm in, interested to see if the whole thing with Andrew McCutcheon uh, goes down. Um, you know, you and I were just talking about this. Is Andrew McCutcheon, is he still a top-tier guy? Has he fallen off? Is he underrated? Is he overrated? I think those are the kind of the typical things you get with Andrew McCutcheon. And, you know, if he does get shipped, you know, how, how what's the response from fans? I mean, is that something that they want? Is that something that needs to be done? Can, you know, Pittsburgh, given the return on McCutcheon, can they afford to give him away and, you know, get some valuable assets in return? So I'm um, talking about, like, the bigger name guys. I'm kind of interested to see how many of those fall through and how, much, how many actually go through, obviously being more of a fan from this from this point of view, I'd like to see more things happen than not, obviously. Um, whether they do or not is kind of remains to be unseen. If I was asked this question yesterday, and I'm going to ask John the same thing later, but if you were a Pirates fan, put yourself in a Pirates fan's shoes. You were good. You had this window. It looked like you were going to be there for a while, and this is after you had how many years of not even finishing over 500, not making the playoffs, and then you lose the wild card game. I think it's twice that you just ran into Jake Arrieta. You ran into, I believe, Madison Bumgarner. Now you run into the Cubs. Obviously, the Cardinals are always there. So now those two are above you. You still have a good team that probably can make the playoffs in any other division. And now you have to sell off your face of your franchise who is on a reasonable deal 14 million 14 and a half million option I think it is for next year what's your feeling is it okay we just made the playoffs we've had success why are we cost cutting again or one perspective that I think I have if I was a Pirates fan or what I would tell a Pirates fan is hey would you rather try to keep winning 85 86 87 games when you know that's not going to be good enough or are you going to be glad that your front office is proactive and can see, hey, we're not going to beat the Cubs as constructed, so let's take a step back for a year or two, and then our window reopens up by four or five years? Well, that's the thing. It all comes down to what do you get in return if you ship away McCutcheon? I mean, are we talking, you know, starter, a regular guy in the, on the roster right now, and then say, what, two, three mid-level prospects? I mean, I guess it all depends on what comes with that package back, but I think you hit, that, hit the nail on the head when you talk about the window closing. It was open for, what, one, two, three years, and then you look at the juggernauts right now with the Cubs and even in the NL in general with the Dodgers and the Nationals. I think the Dodgers and Nationals right now obviously top the Pirates, so I don't know exactly what you need to do. I mean, the back end of that rotation last season was dreadful. I how many rookie starters did they bring up last season? They tried to bring up Glasnow and Jamison Tyon, try to get some of those younger guys up. Obviously, there needs to be more done than just saying, okay, we need to, to trade away our star player. 
so I guess it all boils down to who you get in return and how fast, you know, if, if these guys are mid-level prospects or, you know, wherever they are in the farm system, how fast can they make an adjustment to, to the majors and, and, and how fast you want to see that return blossom to the next level. So if you were a Pirates fan, would you want to see McCutcheon get traded? I mean, imagine, imagine if put, put, the, put the Cubs in the, in the Pirates spot right now, would you want them to trade away Anthony Rizzo, say, for chance? Or if you were a Dodgers fan, would you want to see them trade away Corey Seager? Well, we're not talking about Corey Seager or Anthony Rizzo in this case. McCutcheon is 30 with two years left, and those guys are on better deals. But if, I mean, my mindset would be if I was a fan of a, a team, I would want to be more realistic and, and forward-looking than trying to fake it, if you will. I think the Yankees did that for a while where they were against rebuilding because they said their fans didn't want to rebuild when all their fans were like, yo, we understand how this works. Let's start to rebuild. So last question for you before we get into away from Chicago style pizza talk and get to John Heyman for some real baseball news. What is your advice to Robert Murray, who is going to have to deal with me for the first time in Washington DC next week. What's your what's your shout out to him? Um I would say don't expect to get any texts from you. Um <laughs> if he's hungry and needs a food partner, you're probably good for that. Uh depending on which inning of the show you're playing your dynasty in. Um I think that's that's about all I got. Hopefully he doesn't need anything uh edited <laughs> in the back end for uh for fan because if he if he does it'll probably come uh come by the time uh, spring training rolls, <laughs> rolls around. But other than that, I think you should be good to go. All right. We'll, uh, we'll leave with those shots fired there. So, AK, thanks for coming on and having a little fun here. We'll see if uh, the winter meetings turns into the, the video game as you envision it. <laughs> thanks a lot. Appreciate it. All right. So let's go to John Heyman now and, and get caught up here before we head off to the, the winter meetings and – in theory, things will start to happen, or more things will start to happen. But before we get to rumors and, and what's out there, what's going to happen, John, do you have a dummy version for someone like me who doesn't quite understand everything in the CBA? Um, is there <laughs> a, a short version to say this is what matters out of it and it's good or bad? Yeah, it's very complicated, obviously. I think the uh, the big victory for the Major League Baseball, the team side of it, was the uh, – um, cap on the international signings uh, per team per year, uh, starting at 4.75 million for the big teams, going to 5.75 million for the smaller teams. Uh, we recall that Moncada and uh, uh, Guerrero and players like that got 30 million or more by themselves. So a cap at 4.75 million to 5.75 million is an, a concession by the player's side. There's no question about that. On the other side, uh, the players uh, got a, um, a compromise for them, which was that now uh, no teams will have to give up first-rounders to sign uh, players with the uh, free agent compensation attached to them. The draft pick attached is now either going to be a third rounder or a second rounder or a second and a fifth rounder. Uh, the first rounder uh, was really rough for teams and really discouraged a lot of teams from signing free agents that had the qualifying offer. We recall Kendris Morales in past years and Stephen Drew and uh, Nelson Cruz even affected. Uh, and last year, uh, Fowler, things didn't turn out too badly for Fowler, who ended up uh, winning 
winning the World Series on a one-year deal, and he's going to do a lot better this year. But uh, that big first-round compensation uh, really hurt a lot of free agents. So I, I think those are the two biggest things in there, the, the smaller amount of money that uh, – international players, which is the players generally from the Latin American countries, uh, uh, Dominican, Cuba, Venezuela, and Panama will be getting, and uh, the lesser amount uh, in terms of the compensation for free agents, which helps the players' side. So those were the that was the basic compromise. There are a million more things. Obviously, we know the All-Star game now doesn't count. It's back to – it's actually an improvement to uh, – the pennant winner with the best record, and of course we have no smokeless tobacco and a bunch of other things thrown in there that were good for the fans. The uh, smokeless tobacco thing, I think it's a good change, but how are they going to police that? They didn't, they couldn't police it this year with the, some of the new places that were supposed to ban it. <laughs> well, they're going to do the best they can. I mean, uh, you know, we, we're not talking about uh, a felony here. Obviously, uh, they're going to discourage it as best they can. It's There's been, uh, in through the minor leagues, uh, no smokeless tobacco. Uh, and so the players coming up are get, are used to it. Uh, and uh, I think that there will be progress. It may not be perfect. And uh, I'm wondering about why don't we, we don't ban smoking then if we're banning smokeless uh, t- the, uh, the tobacco. Uh, it, 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 Chew. Uh, let's let's ban the smoking. Although not that many players, we have cesspit of smokes. Not that many players. When I was covering on a beat, I, there would be two or three guys smoking in the clubhouse a lot of times. We don't see that very often these days. The the CBA. A lot of the reaction that we're starting to see is that this is going to set up. You know, whether it's a, a war in twenty twenty one or five years, whenever this is over. Is this where you see it kind of heading that, okay, it's fine for now, but this could get ugly later on for one reason or another? No, and I've seen that. I mean, we've heard that there was going to be a war uh, this time uh, different at different times, depending on who you listen to. Uh, we don't know how things are going to be uh, five years from now. I, I, you can always play anything up and make a good story out of anything, and I don't necessarily believe that uh, there's going to be a war uh, five years from now. We'll see how things go. We don't know uh, what's going to happen in terms of the revenue they've shot up over the last five years, which made this a little bit easier. Um, and uh, we will see. Uh, of course, we, you hope that the revenues continue to rise at the same rate. And obviously, BAM was a big part of the last five years, as well as the uh, increases in attendance and TV pay and all that. Uh, we will see over the next five years. But I, I don't necessarily think something disastrous is going to strike us five years from now. All right. So moving into the off season and where players are going to start to go, are you surprised that there hasn't been much since the Cespedes deal? I thought that maybe that would start the domino effect, but maybe that domino effect is going to happen here in a couple of days when everybody gets together in Washington, D.C. Yeah, you know, I think the CBA helped. I think that the Yankees and some other big market teams were waiting to see exactly where that luxury tax threshold was going to be before making their big moves. Uh, you, you don't want to spend $100 million or close on a reliever if, if that uh, luxury tax threshold isn't where you need it to be. So uh, we're going to see now with, with the Yankees and the Dodgers and the Giants looking at uh, Roldis Chapman and some of these other big uh, free agents. Um, you know, uh, Cespedes, I think, was in a class by himself to some degree as a good defensive player who also had the big power. we got a lot of great hitters in this market between Encarnacion and Beltran and Trumbo and uh, Bautista, but uh, I think Cespedes was in a class by himself in terms of all-around play and uh, marquee value to New York and all that, so I don't know that he had any uh, relationship with any of these other players. 
the the closers that you mentioned, do you think now that the the big market teams who seem to be interested the most in Jansen, Melanson, Chapman, um, you think those guys all go next week or go pretty quickly now that those teams know their situation? Yeah, I think it's possible. I mean, the teams are talking now, and it may take a little while to hash it out because we are talking about big deals. I don't think uh, they're really anyone's going to get a hundred million, but we're talking about. Uh, three players possibly smashing the record for a free agent closer that Papelbon had of $50 million. I think Melanson uh, likely will beat that, and the other two will, will smash that, Jansen uh, being the third guy. Um, I, I, I do think that sometimes these things take a little while to play out, but I, I would not be surprised to see at least one of them and perhaps more sign at the uh, winter meetings. Uh, the fact that uh, Chapman does not have a uh, draft pick attached to him, uh, and we know the Yankees are going to be aggressive. Makes you think that maybe he goes first. But, uh, you know, Melanson may be looking at different teams anyway, so you don't know with him. I think we could be talking about Washington, which really liked him, and the Giants with Melanson. Uh, so it could be a different a different uh, kettle of fish there. Uh, Jansen uh, may have to wait for Chapman, but he's going to do really well. And I think we're going to look at the Marlins, too. For Jan- They really like Jansen, and uh, maybe they will clean up in a closer spot. But I think it's still tough for them when you've got the Yankees, the Giants, the Dodgers, the Nats, and the Cubs all looking at the back end of their pen. The Cubs may hold, like they did last year, have Rondon close at the beginning uh, or pick up something uh, more cost-efficient, but uh, they are in the mix, too, for a team that uh, does not have a slam-dunk closer that is a big market team right now. Is the trade market going to overshadow the free agent market in this coming week? Is that the bigger story? Uh, I don't not necessarily. I mean, I think the trades are in some ways more interesting to people. Uh, there certainly are pitchers in the trade market, uh, great starting pitchers, where we're not seeing them in the free agent market. Uh, but we're, if we're talking about Chapman and uh, Jansen, uh, and we're talking about Encarnacion, who I think probably will sign at the meetings, uh, those are some pretty good free agents as well. But uh, there is some marquee value in that trade market, particularly with uh, Chris Sale. Uh, we will see if they do now trade him. He's been out on that market many times in the past, but it does seem uh, that it's likely that he will be dealt this winter. Uh, McCutcheon, I think, kind of the same thing. He's, he was out last July. Uh, we're looking at uh, the Nats actually in, involved with both of those players to some degree, uh, but I think McCutcheon's uh, name being out there makes things interesting, and we'll see on Chris Archer. I don't happen to think Tampa's going to end up doing anything. They usually don't, but we will see his name's out there. Sonny Gray's name could be be out there. I, I think that uh, Oakland ultimately probably won't want to sell low, but his name will be out there. Um, I do think that it's kind of equal 50-50. I think the trade market will get half the interest in the uh, free agent market the other half. Before we get deeper into McCutcheon and Sale, um, McCutcheon you talked a lot about today on MLB Now with Brian Kenny. Sale was the topic of your Inside Baseball column this week. But going back to the Cubs, the relievers, Wade Davis is a name that we haven't heard about in a couple weeks. You know, before it was he could be a guy that the the Royals look to move. Um, is he something that could get done this offseason, or is he one of those guys that maybe the Royals see what, what happens and he's the big name in July? Um, I think that's possible. Um, of course, now we know that uh, the free agent compensation won't be a first-rounder coming back, so uh, there might be more impetus to, to – 
to uh, trade sooner than to just hold on to and then give the qualifying offer to. We, you're right, we have not heard his name lately. Uh, he probably is taking a little bit of a back seat uh, to the free agents because he would require a haul going back. So I think the teams are kind of exhausting the free agent possibilities first and then maybe getting to Wade Davis at this point. But I would not rule out trade for him either. So let's go to McCutcheon first. And, you know, I, I watched you guys today, and, and Brian, I know he was strong on saying that he'd give up a big package for McCutcheon, that it was only one down year. Um, it seemed to be some, some disagreement there. Is he still that – is he a premier guy that warrants two of those top five guys, you know, if you want to look at the national specifically? Um, does he warrant that? Yeah, I'm not sure. I think it's close. I certainly won, and then some more going back with him. Uh, he had those six great years in a row where I think he averaged a six war, and then last year he just kind of fell off the table. Now, you could just look at it as an aberration or the fact that he's now 30. Uh, maybe he has fallen off some. The strikeout rate has gone up with him. The base running has gone down. Uh, his value is not as high, but uh, it has the potential to get even lower. So I, I think Pittsburgh probably will trade him. I'm not of the belief they have to trade him at this point, but I think they likely will trade him just based on the way they operate, the way they do things, uh, that their payroll never can get too high. Uh, they don't feel that their revenues, for whatever reason, uh, support a, an enormous payroll. And they obviously have uh, two great young outfielders uh, with Polanco and Marte, and uh, they might want to get Austin Meadows into the act as well. So uh, I, I think it's likely that they trade him. Uh, they're going to have to get what they want, though. So uh, the Nats seem to be at the forefront. You hear there are other teams, but we really haven't heard them mentioned very prominently at this point, so I'm not sure what the likelihood of that is. You know, as I said, I, I would, if I'm the Nats, I exhaust sale first. But uh, if they're asking for Trey Turner uh, from Chicago, I mean, that's a non-starter for the Washington. They're not giving up Trey Turner. I was asked this yesterday, so I want to get your thoughts on it. How would you feel if you were a Pirates fan that you, you had this window where you made the wild card game or, or missed out and didn't have that postseason success, and now all of a sudden? You have to trade the face of your franchise because whether it's money, um, some of it obviously is performance. But I guess if you were a Pirates fan, what would your mindset be at this point? Well, you know, they did make the uh, playoffs a couple of times and obviously had some bad luck in terms of uh, running into good pitchers uh, a couple of those times. Um, and uh, that was unfortunate for them. They had a shot there. If you're in, you, you've, you've got a chance, whether it's the wild card or not, uh, facing that Arietta that one time and Bumgarner, that made it difficult, uh, no question about it. But, uh, you know, I give them credit. They've, uh, they've had a nice run. I'm not saying it's completely over. They still have some young talent. Uh, I think if you're a fan of this team, I think you know the way this uh, team operates at this point. Uh, McCutcheon did have that down year. It is he, he, fairly easily justified. Maybe it's me being an older guy looking at it. Maybe if you're a, a young fan, you might not look at it this way. Uh, from this kind of a distance, uh, it might be a little bit more difficult to see this, but they do have Marte. They do have Polanco. They've got some prospects coming. Uh, they have other stars to hang their hat on. It's just not like the Angels trading uh, Mike Trout, not just because of the performance for McCutcheon wasn't, uh, you know, equal to Mike Trout, not that that's a knock, and nobody's was, but uh, I, I think the fact that he had a down year and the fact that he's two years away from free agency uh, and the fact if you understand the way the Pirates have operated, uh, I think this is not a shock. 
Looking at Chris Sale and his market, the teams that, that you mentioned in your column, the Nationals, the Astros, the Braves, Red Sox, Rangers, Dodgers, and then you took a, a look at the field. Who needs Chris Sale the most? Well, to me, there are three teams that have the pitching. Uh, Cleveland, the Mets of Healthy, and the Cubs. Anybody else could use Chris Sale. It's a matter of which teams uh, really want him in terms of the timing of lining up and, right, and have the right prospects to do the deal. Uh, of those teams, it seems like the Dodgers are less interested in trading their young talent, which means Urias in this case. Uh, they held on to Seager. They were correct about that. They may be correct with Urias. We will see about that. Um, uh, it seems to me that Atlanta probably will not want to trade Swanson. Uh, they have a lot of pitching prospects, but I don't know if they add up to Chris Sale uh, because they're not that close to the big leagues at this point. So it's going to be interesting to see what they're able to do if they don't want to include Swanson. They do have other good young position players, Albies and Riley and some other ones, so they might be able to get something done there. Houston, uh, it might be a situation where they have to include Bregman, and that might be a tough call. Uh, they may not want to do that. Uh, Texas, they've got young players, uh, but they're, they're good young players that have helped the team now. If you if it's Gallo, who they haven't given up, uh, although he has not performed yet at the big league level, uh, you would certainly include him for a sale, but would you include an Odor? Would you include a Mazzara? Somebody like that. It does seem like the White Sox want to get players that are, can help them now. Boston, to me, seems like the best equipped team to do it. Uh, they've got Moncada knocking on the door. Wasn't quite ready last year. Incredible talent. Not sure what the position is yet. Uh, you've know, got Jackie Bradley, who was a guy that White Sox were interested in. They could sli- the White- Red Sox could slide, slide bets over and trade Bradley. So I could see that. Uh, I think Benintendi is probably a guy that the Red Sox want to hold on to, particularly since they have other guys that they could trade. Not sure that they have the pitchers to trade for a sale, but I do think they can make a prospect out of those position players. Um, it's going to be an interesting call uh, for all these things. Then I said, Washington, I don't think you trade trade Turner, so uh, maybe it's difficult for them. I do think they are very much interested in sale, though, um, particularly if this McCutcheon thing falls through. So I think we've got five definite contenders for sale, maybe the Dodgers, maybe somebody comes out of the woodwork. Uh, I mentioned some of those woodwork teams. I do not believe it's going to be the Cubs. Well, the White Sox aren't ruling them out. I I can't imagine they would trade uh, Chris Sale to the north side of Chicago. Not now, not after the Cubs became the world champions. Uh, That's pretty bad timing. That would be a pretty rough thing to do. But uh, I do think that Chris Sale is more likely than not to be moved, and uh, they just have to get the right package from one of those, probably one of those five teams. Do you think the package will ultimately – um, be as as big as what they were asking for, you know that those five key guys, or because there's more of a a, a need or a want to move him, that they're going to settle a little bit there. Well, I think it might be about quality too. If you don't get the five big guys, you might get uh, four guys, three of whom are gigantic, or at least one of whom is gigantic, you you want to make sure that you get something uh, that's great coming back. And I guess Beauty's and I, I have the beholder, I would say that Trey Turner would be great coming back. I would say that Bregman would be great coming back. I would say Urias uh, Swanson. There's one guy on all of these teams 
uh, that could make a package or be the headliner of a package to make it work. Uh, the question is, can you pry one of these guys away from one of these teams? I don't think it'll be Trey Turner. I, I've heard from Washington people they don't want him to go. And looking at the these guys, I mean, you have to project on all of them, but Trey Turner uh, was a viable rookie of the year in, in two months last year, if not for Corey Seager's brilliant season. And, of course, the Dodgers were smart to hold on to him and and I think they're thinking the same way on Urias, which is why I think they're kind of on the outside or the periphery at best here. But you're the White Sox. I think you're wanting to pry one of these prime guys away as part of a package, and that's probably the key to it. Are the the, the Philadelphia Phillies, um, there was a report today that they've reached out to or at least had a discussion about J.D. Martinez. But the Phillies, to me, seem like, a sleeping giant here. They have no money locked up anywhere. Um, they have a ton of money to spend. They've got young guys coming. When do you think the Phillies strike? Is it, Can they do something this offseason, or are they still one offseason away before starting to go nuts? Yeah, I mean, J.D. Martinez doesn't make a lot of sense uh, for, for me, for them, because he's on a one-year deal. At least he's under club control for one more year. Then he becomes a free agent. So I don't see where he would really fit the Phillies perfectly unless they could somehow extend him, which you never can with these kind of players at this stage or very rarely. So I agree with you. They're a sleeping giant. I'd look for them for the biggest guys, whether that be Bryce Harper in a couple of years or whomever, because they definitely have the wherewithal to get it done. And uh, they're probably not as far away as we think, uh, but they, they could use some uh, definite guys in that lineup that are stars, and they don't really have that at this point. But uh, J.D. Martinez on a one your deal i mean you never know what might happen to me that wouldn't make any sense yeah i don't i don't think that one fits either but i do think that at some point here i wouldn't be surprised if they signed somebody big or made some kind of big move but i also think they're probably a year or so away from that um last year the the names that came to mind from the winter meetings you know the granky deal got done the shelby miller trade uh, Ben Zobrist, uh, Jason Hayward, either at the end or like the day after the winter meetings. Do you think we'll see more activity than we did last year? Um, I, you know, probably be similar. I, I think we'll see a decent amount of activity. Um, we've had some signings to this point. Uh, Cespedes is really the only huge signing we've had. Uh, Kendris Morales, a pretty good one, but uh, we still have some guys on the board. I, I do think some of these guys are going to wait because many of them are similar type players, and perhaps a Trumbo uh, will have to wait for Encarnacion, or a Bautista might have to wait for his former teammate Encarnacion. But um, I think we'll see a decent number of free agent signings. We have a lot of teams with needs. Uh, the market is not good for starting pitching. Uh, Rich Hill at the top of the market. He could go soon. Uh, there are teams that are banging on his door right now. He is the one guy out there who you wouldn't have to give up prospects for. Just sign him. No attachment of a draft pick or anything. So we could see him go. We could see the closers go. Uh, of course, it's not a great market for infielders any, right now with uh, Justin Turner. Uh, that could take a while, although to me that's logical that he go back to the Dodgers. They obviously need him. He's from L.A. or Long Beach. Uh, he went to Fullerton. He performed there unbelievably. Uh, but sometimes when it's obvious, it still takes a while, and they still have to do the dance and figure it out. Is there any other kind of domino that needs to fall for stuff to happen or – not really. There's nobody else holding up the market, or is that sale? 
Yeah, no, I don't want to say anybody's holding up the market. Uh, you know, in terms of the bullpen, you know, we'll probably see uh, Chapman uh, go ahead of Jansen. There's a couple things uh, there, but uh, the one guy holding up the whole market, I'm not sure that that's true. A sale uh, may not go easily. Uh, I mean, that is a, one of the most valuable properties in baseball, $38 million for three years. Uh, they have to think long and hard about this. To me, they need to do something now, though. They cannot just keep treading water. They've talked about that publicly, and I don't know whether that's in a, a way to convince Jerry Reinsdorf uh, that they need to retool, retrench, whatever you want to say, uh, but they definitely need to do that. Uh, quickly on, on some of the things that you mentioned at the end of your column, the Mets, now that they have Cespedes, they seemingly need to move an outfielder. I think it sounds like they would prefer to move Bruce, but more teams are interested in Granderson. Uh, is that a realistic option that they move yeah. Granderson? No, I don't. I think they'll move Bruce. Um, they're the ones holding the cards, so they have the choice of who they're going to move. So I think it will ultimately be Bruce. The issue is that they also have Granderson, and most teams are going to say uh, we prefer Granderson. Granderson had a big finish. Bruce had the opposite. I mean, going into the second half of last year, uh, Bruce was probably more valuable than Granderson. But Granderson not only hit a ton of home runs in the second half, he proved he can play center field adequately. Then he won the Roberto Clemente Award. So, I mean, there's a new sheen on uh, Curtis. Granderson at this moment, and uh, Jay Bruce might be a little down. The Mets were right to pick it up at one year, $13 million, uh, but uh, he, they're not going to be able to get a ton for him. They didn't give up that much for him. Then he had two or three just so-so months uh, with the Mets, or not really great months at all. Uh, so I think his value is limited. Uh, we just saw Jaime Garcia with a similar salary get traded for three minor leaguers, uh, fringy-type prospects. Uh, might be able to get a little more than that for Jay Bruce, but not that much more. What are your thoughts on the Braves and, and I guess, what they're doing? Now they have a rotation that is seemingly full, but on the outs appear to be Aaron Blair, Matt Whistler, two of their younger guys. Um, and their name is still apparently in talks for another pitcher if, if something happens. So what do you make of, of what they've done so far? Yeah, I mean, they're definitely talking about those other pitchers, and they, they love Sale. That's the guy that they want. I think that it's probably not a great chance for them to get Sale. I wouldn't rule them out since there are only really five teams in there pitching as far as we know at this moment. So um, if you think everybody's got an equal chance, it's still a 20% chance. I, you know, I might say their chances are a little bit less. Uh, they've now filled out their rotation in a way they could – go in there with the pitching that they do have now after uh, signing uh, Cologne and Dickey as well as picking up Garcia. Um, it's obvious they were frustrated with Blair and Whistler last year. They fired the pitching coach, uh, and they are not quite as sure about Blair and Whistler. Uh, I'm not sure whether they think it's the pitching coach or what, but uh, I think that they have great pitching prospects, but they're kind of down below, and this year they're trying to be as competitive as they can be going into that new park. And, uh, you know, generally I, I like what they've done. They got that, made that deal to get Swanson for Shelby Miller, which is one of the probably five best trades of the last decade. And they made some other good trades to get some pitching prospects, but you don't know how many of them are going to turn out. They obviously have uh, Newcomb and Freed and Allard, and they it's a long list of pitching prospects, Tuki Toussaint. Uh, not all of them turn out, but some of them probably will. I think it was a good plan. Uh, they've, uh, I think they're in a good stead for the future, but in terms of the near term, uh, they're probably not a com contender. What is 
a day in your life going to be like at the upcoming upcoming winter meetings for those that don't know how it works and they just anticipate hmm. um they try yeah. to picture it. How would you describe it to Well, them? you know, I got the phone and uh, walking around looking for people I know, trying to f- ferret out some rumors, trying to follow up on what Ken Rosenthal and the other people are coming up with. Uh, certainly stay in contact with you, Tommy, and everybody else at uh, FanRag, and uh, basically uh, working about 18-hour days or 20-hour days in some cases, and just trying to uh, come up with as much good stuff as we can. There's lots of good rumors. There's certainly going to be stuff that happens. And, uh, you know, we try to stay on top of it as best you can. It's it's quite a bit. <laughs> what? Uh, how many naps are you going to get? Uh, a lot of naps. <laughs> I need to nap now. Yeah, I mean, big napping. <laughs> um, since, since you're an East Coast guy and I'll be out there, what kind of food are you going to recommend for me? <laughs> well, I've never been to this hotel, and you don't leave the hotel. At least I don't leave the hotel, and uh, I, I don't know. I know it's in Maryland. If you want to go out and get a crab somewhere, that's fine. That would be a good idea, but I I really don't know. If you ask me in Chicago or Miami where to eat, I might have a better idea, but uh, uh, I'm not going to get out of the hotel much. And uh, I, I actually stayed in uh, Virginia when I was covering the Nats, these playoffs, so uh, I wouldn't advise you going from Maryland to Virginia <laughs> to find a, a burger or something like that. You're, you're going to basically be in the hotel the whole time anyway, so you're going to eat the hotel food. Sorry to tell you. All right. Well, we'll we'll deal with it when we get there. So I will then see you in a couple of days, and we will uh, talk soon. Thanks. All right. Good talking to you. Yep. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to – has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.